Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They were only giving me a 10% chance of survival. Nature's deadliest organisms. I feared for her life. They can hijack our bodies. This organism... Eats the eyeball from the inside out. He could become blind. Disable our immune systems. My daughter might die. And eat us from within. There wasn't nothing I could do. For those infected, they are the monsters inside me. Kent Carson is a 55-year-old bank manager living in the suburbs of Chicago. I'm responsible for all the employees, and I've always enjoyed uh, working with numbers, and it fits my personality. But banking isn't his only passion. He also has a loving girlfriend, Cheryl Johnstone. I met Kent seven years ago. Kent has a wonderful sense of humor, and I fell in love with that instantly. Both of us had uh, been divorced, and uh, we both were ready to start dating again, and it just uh, seemed like it was a perfect match. But something is about to rob them of their newfound happiness. One evening in August, the couple is out on a date. That evening, Cheryl and I had gone out for dinner on just a Saturday night, and we went to a restaurant, had a real nice dinner. Everything was fine through dinner, but he started complaining that he was freezing. I really wasn't too concerned. I just really thought maybe I just uh, was sitting too close to the air conditioning. I thought he was just cold from being in the restaurant and needed to warm up once he got outside. The couple pays the check and returns to Cheryl's house. I got into the Lazy Boy chair and sat there and still was really cold. So she got me a blanket and I laid and rested but rest doesn't come easily. One moment I'd be hot, and I'd, the next minute I'd have the chills. 
putting the blanket on. I was taking it off. I had an ice pack, putting it on, taking it off. But he still had the chills real bad, and you could see that he started to sweat. Kent is very healthy. He's never sick. So it concerned me just a little bit, and he slept the rest of the night. But a good night's sleep does little to improve Kent's condition. He woke up in the chair, and I could tell that he still didn't look well. He started to cough. There was a new symptom that he hadn't had before. I was starting to become concerned. I felt his forehead, and he was starting to burn up. So I took his temperature, and it was 102.5. I was worried about the fever. <coughs> I gave him some pain medication and told him just to rest for the rest of the day. But by the following morning, the couple find themselves at a crossroad. The fever had lasted more than 24 hours now, so I told him that he's not going to work. Buddy fought me on that, and he was convinced that he was going to feel better. I have never called in sick. I guess you could call me a workaholic. Men don't like to go to the doctor, and Kent fits that mold. And I told him that he had to go because there was something really wrong. So Kent agreed to see the doctor as long as I let him go to work that morning. With this compromise in place, Kent heads to work. Unfortunately, when I went to work, I really didn't start feeling any better. I still was achy. I still had a fever. So I end up calling the doctor to make an appointment. Around uh, 12.30, I start heading out to uh, the doctor's appointment. And as I get about halfway out in the parking lot toward my car, I fall down. It was a little embarrassing, and I didn't know why I fell. One of Kent's coworkers notices his plight and rushes him to the emergency room. I was put on a gurney, and they had different uh, nurses and doctors coming over and, and doing different tests on me. They took my temperature, they did the blood pressure, uh, they took a blood sample, and they took urine samples. And uh, uh, still, everything was real kind of fuzzy. So that was starting to get a little scary. Cheryl rushes to the hospital where she's met by a chilling sight. I see him, and he has an oxygen mask on, and he has a lot of IVs in him. His breathing had become very labored, and he had a fever of 105. Temperatures this high can cause dehydration, seizures, and even brain damage. He looked at me with sad eyes, and my heart just dropped because I didn't know what was happening. I was scared. A lot of things went through my mind. I could actually see our whole life together just flash in front of my eyes. I didn't know if I was going to lose him, if they were going to be able to save his life, because he was just going downhill quickly. An hour later, tests on Kent's blood and urine come back, and they are positive for a deadly infection. The emergency room doctor comes in and had determined that I had Legionnaire's disease. Legionnaire's disease is a severe form of pneumonia caused by a dangerous bacteria called Legionella. Inside Kent's body, the Legionella bacteria invade the air sacs in his lungs. The immune system responds by producing fluid to flush out the infection. When this fluid builds up in the lungs, it can cause a severe cough and even breathing difficulties. But the Legionella bacteria also cross into the bloodstream, 
contributing to Kent's chills and fever and depriving his body of blood and oxygen. Up to 18,000 people are hospitalized each year with Legionnaire's disease in the United States. And up to 30% will die from the disease. As the disease takes over Kent's body, the doctors have more bad news. They were only giving me a 10% chance of survival. It's devastating. Your world comes crashing. I was heartbroken. I honestly thought that's the last time I was going to see him. I was on 13 different drugs that were being administered through the IV. But Kent's body doesn't respond to the treatment as doctors had hoped. I started to go down fast. They did some additional tests and I had contamination of the blood. It was keeping the oxygen from going to my vital organs, so my liver shut down, my kidneys shut down, my heart stopped, and they had to jump on the table and uh, resuscitate me. I prayed every second of every minute, somehow, some way, to pull him out of this. To prevent Kent's vital organs from shutting down, Doctors give him special medication called vasopressors that constrict the blood vessels and keep his blood pressure up. By doing that, it took the oxygen away from the extremities. Within a few days, my hand and later my feet started turning gray. They basically told me I had uh, gangrene. Gangrene is the death of body tissue. When left untreated, it can quickly spread throughout the body and be fatal. I was devastated. I thought my life would be over. And they let me see my hands and feet, and they were black. If the doctors don't amputate the affected parts of his body, he will die from his spreading gangrene. Kent must choose between life and limb. It was the toughest decision I ever had to make in my life. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Kent Carson is in the ICU, suffering from an extreme case of Legionnaire's disease. Starved of oxygen, his hands and feet are infected with gangrene and starting to rot. Doctors put his chances of survival at just 10%. If doctors don't amputate soon, he will die, leaving Kent to choose between life and limb. It was the toughest decision I ever had to make in my life, and... Uh, I know it was the only choice I uh, had to make. Otherwise, with the gangrene, I would have died. I was numb. I couldn't believe that all of this was happening. I was scared for him. Doctors wheel Kent into the operating room. There, they cut off his rotting body parts. Two days later, he wakes up to a horrific sight. The Legionnaires had been cured... Uh, but a surgeons removed my infected left hand and both infected feet. It was discouraging. I didn't want to be confined to the wheelchair and have to have people take care of me. And I didn't know if everything was going to be fine. He was very depressed. He was ashamed because he didn't feel like the man he once was. But with the use of prosthetics and after eight months of physical therapy... Kent finally makes a stand for himself. I am actually walking. I started out with a wheelchair, then I went to a platform walker, and now I'm just walking using a straight cane. Most people today have no idea that I have no legs. I thank God every day for the ability to be here, and I'm making the most of it. Kent is doing great today. But how did Kent contract Legionnaire's disease in the first place? The Legionella bacteria typically lives in water sources. Humans can inhale the bacteria into their lungs if they're exposed to water vapor from a contaminated source. The bacteria are highly adaptable, and once inside, they can spread from the lungs to other parts of the body. We have no idea where he got it. We have been trying to figure that out since the day he got sick. But the couple has made the best of it. If we went through this together, we can go through anything. We actually got engaged during his illness. That is real love. Yeah. Yeah, so we made it. There is no vaccine for Legionnaire's disease. And the Legionella bacteria cannot be completely avoided. But the bacteria can be kept at bay by ensuring that water systems, such as air conditioning units, irrigation systems, fountains, and hot tubs are properly maintained. An insidious killer paralyzes an eight-year-old girl. How could this happen so fast? This was almost 100% lethal. Willie Reynolds is a tree logger living in Willow Creek, California, deep in the heart of the Six Rivers National Forest. He's also the father of four active kids, Maria, Dakota, Ruby, and Precious. 
Maria's the oldest. She's um definitely keeps everybody in line. Dakota, she's really smart. Ruby's a little tough one. Precious is, she's sweet. She's got a really kind heart. But life as a logger forces Willie to be away from home. So his mother, Shirley Roby, and her husband, Jack, care for the children when he's away. They're very active kids. They like to get out in the mountains, uh, go fishing. They like to fight and argue just like all the rest of the kids do. <laughs> and the second youngest of the four children, Precious, has a particularly rugged sensibility. She really enjoyed sports, and she liked to wrestle. She was great at it. She was also in the riding sheep, the rodeos, and the last one that she rode in, she won $23 because she came in third place. <laughs> but Precious's competitive spirit is about to be put to the ultimate test. One Friday afternoon in April, Shirley is at work. I do a lot of road construction, uh, flagging, shoveling. I received a call from Jack stating that Precious wasn't feeling good. So he had taken Precious to the doctor. The doctor thought she had appendicitis. Appendicitis is a serious medical condition in which the appendix becomes inflamed and fills with pus. If the appendix ruptures, it can be fatal. I told her that I needed to take her to the hospital and I was afraid that it might rupture on the way to the hospital. I was very worried about it. Anytime the kids get sick, I'm worried. So Shirley rushes to the hospital to meet Jack and Precious. When I got there, uh, Precious was in the emergency room. They had an IV on her. She looked sick. She wasn't her perky self. The surgeon came in and was checking Precious over and everything. And he rested on her stomach, and he said that it, it wasn't appendicitis. He thought it was just the flu. I was relieved to know that everything was okay. It was a big relief off my mind. We've dealt with the flu before, and, and we just felt that she was going to get better. Confident her condition isn't serious, doctors send the still-ailing Precious home. But later that night, something startles Shirley from her slumber. Jack and I were in bed asleep, and I heard Grandma, Grandma, and it was precious. And she says, my back and neck hurt real bad. And I says, well, I said, you might have just slept on it wrong. If it, you know, still bothering you in the morning, I said, we'll take you down to the doctor. I figured it just might be from the flu, you get the body aches. I felt that everything was okay. But aches and pains continue to haunt Precious for the rest of the night. And the next day, something new strikes. I fixed the kids some soup because Precious wasn't feeling good, and I figured it might be easy on her stomach. Precious took a couple bites, and she said she felt like she was getting sick to her stomach. I told her to go to the bathroom, and she got up and took two steps, and her legs just went out from underneath her. She had this look on her face like, what happened? I was so scared. And I asked her if she was okay, and she said, yeah. I said, okay, I'll let you, you know, lay down on the couch for a while and see if you feel better. For the remainder of the day, Precious rests on the couch. But that night, her condition takes an unexpected turn. I sent the other kids into bed, and I said, okay, Precious, come on, I'll get you up and, and put you into bed. And she said, no, Grandma, I can't. Her voice was very, very weak. So I lifted her up, and her head fell over. She had lost all control of, of her body. 
she could roll her eyes, and that was about it. You know, I thought, no, no, you know, this, there's something wrong. She was paralyzed. I was scared to death. And I looked at Jack at that time, and I said, this is no damn flu. I said, I'm taking her to the hospital. Shirley rushes Precious to the emergency room. I got down into the hospital, and I banged on the door, and I says, get her in now. And they took her in, and they started running an IV. I didn't know whether she was going to make it or not. You could see the plea in her eyes, Grandma, please help me, please help me. And there wasn't nothing I could do. I, I, I couldn't do nothing. I was stunned because it can't be a flu. What, what could it be? How could this happen so fast? Seeing that Precious's oxygen levels are dropping rapidly, doctors put the young girl on a breathing tube. Doctors really didn't know, you know, what was wrong with her. In hopes of getting a diagnosis, doctors medevac Precious 260 miles to UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. There, a team of pediatric doctors is standing by to admit her. They were trying to pinpoint this. They just didn't know what it was. Shirley calls Precious's father, Willie, who's at work. My mom had said that Precious was sick. It is pretty serious. Willie leaves immediately and comes to the hospital. It's hard to see my daughter like that. Tubes everywhere, needles in her arms. And she was really scared. I could see it in her eyes. I was very scared for Precious. She just, she just didn't look good. The doctors couldn't tell me whether she was going to be okay or not. I feared for her life. Pediatric infectious disease specialist Dr. Jean Wiedemann takes on Precious's case. She had weakness in her legs, and she had neck and back pain. And at that point, we began to suspect neurologic disease. Neurologic disease is a term that describes disorders of the brain, spinal cord, and nervous system. Disorders of this sort can be caused by toxic chemicals, tumors, genetic mutations, and a wide range of bacterial, viral, and parasitic infections. To get a better sense of what might be going on, Dr. Wiedemann sends Precious for an MRI. We found that there was evidence of inflammation on both sides of the brain. Anytime we have swelling in the brain, it's always a time-sensitive case. Dr. Wiedemann orders a spinal tap and blood work and sends the samples to the lab. And two days later, a doctor from the California Department of Health calls with the results. She told me to sit down. She thought the child had rabies. Rabies is a virus that attacks the nervous system. Inside Precious's body, the rabies virus has made its way into her spinal cord and her brain. There, it penetrates nerve cells, replicates inside them, and then kills them. Eventually, the virus will spread throughout her nervous system, affecting her entire body, leading to paralysis and almost certain death. Personally, for me, it was a tough discussion to have with the family because we knew that this disease was almost 100% lethal. When she said that, my mouth dropped to the table. I, I, it, it blew me away. My heart dropped. She was wrestling one weekend, 
and three days later, my daughter might die. It was shocking. Each year, more than 55,000 people die worldwide from rabies infection, and nearly half are under the age of 15. It is possible to survive rabies if it is detected early and treatment begins immediately. But once symptoms appear, it is almost always fatal. Desperate to save Precious, Dr. Wiedemann takes a drastic step. Although the prognosis was not good, uh, we did have one possible strategy that we could use. The first step was to put her in a coma. The thoughts were that if we could slow down the brain's processes and allow the immune system to produce an immune response and kill the virus, the patient might survive. And I figured if there's anything out there that might help her, that we would do it. I had to stay strong for Precious. The doctors also give Precious antiviral medications to help combat the rabies infection. The doctors told us to enjoy the time that we have with her, that she may not make it. I sang to her, talked to her. But after three days, the outlook still seems bleak. Her blood pressure was very high. She started developing high fevers. We became very concerned. This was clearly on the more severe side. She liked to wrestle. And so I would tell her, Precious, you have a big bad bug inside of you. You need to put him in a half Nelson, flip him over, get on his chest, and smash him into the mat. Then, almost a week after she was first diagnosed, a test result reveals something surprising. We saw that the inflammation in her spinal fluid was decreasing. Her immune system was responding to the virus and starting to fight it. And a few days after that, doctors spot something else unusual. The doctors had noticed her toes moving. Felt like someone took the whole world off my chest. And you should have seen the smile on those doctors' faces. It was uh, the whole, whole room lit up. She had taken that bug down and she had smashed him into the mat. Doctors awake Precious from her coma. And in spite of the overwhelming odds, Precious defeats the rabies virus. I was excited. Tell you the truth, I almost cried. It was a blessing. It was a good feeling. It was like, we made it. Precious Reynolds is only the third unvaccinated person in U.S. medical history to have survived symptomatic rabies. But how did she get infected in the first place? Rabies is transmitted to humans through saliva contact or bites. She hadn't been around anything to get rabies. The only place she ever went was at school and home. So I didn't know how, when, where, anything. But Precious herself recalls an incident that could provide the answer. When I was at school, I was on the swings, and I saw a cat licking itself. And then it ran up to me, and then the cat scratched me and bit me. And that's how I think I got sick. That's when the light bulb came on. After two months of grueling physical therapy, Precious makes a near full recovery. Today, she still has weakness in one leg, but that won't stop her from fulfilling her dreams. A couple weeks after she got out of the hospital, she was uh, in a rodeo riding sheep. I was a proud grandma. She's the same girl she was before, just a little bit stronger. 
Rabies is a very dangerous disease. One way to help prevent the spread of rabies is to have domestic animals and pets vaccinated. Anyone who is bitten by a wild animal should seek medical attention immediately. A crippling stalker blindsides a college freshman. That would result in total vision loss. And I was freaking out. Andrew Dower is from Longmont, Colorado. He is 18 years old and about to start his first week of college for engineering. I was excited to go to college because it was a new chance to meet a lot of new people, make new friends. And I've always been pretty strong with math and science. But even as he spreads his wings, he remains close with his mother, Karen. It was exciting for him to go to school. And I was proud of him that he decided he wanted to be an engineer. His dad's an engineer, so he kind of knew a little bit about what that was. As well as his love for science, Andrew has another passion, soccer. I started playing soccer when I was probably around six years old. Just get like a rush of adrenaline. It's great. So I was looking forward to playing soccer at the collegiate level. But three weeks into his freshman year, his hopes for the future get a reality check. One day, Andrew is returning from an afternoon of ice skating with his dorm mates. On the way home, I got something in my left eye, and I went up to rub it out, and it just kept getting worse. I wasn't really sure what it was, because sometimes you'll get like a hair or an eyelash or even just a speck of dust. And if you have contacts in, the contact likes to push it around, and it gets pretty irritating. Back at his dorm, he heads straight for the bathroom. I took out my contacts. I thought that would solve the problem. But the next morning, the problem is still there. I woke up, I went to the bathroom, and I looked at my eye again. It felt like a cut in my eye. It hurt pretty bad still. But I was pretty optimistic that it was just a scratch. I figured it would probably disappear within the week. Then, Andrew does something that he hopes will soothe his irritated eye. And I'd run it underwater for a good, probably two hours. And I didn't put contacts in because it just makes it more irritated. It's not really worth it. I decided to just put my glasses on and grin through the pain. And for a while, things seemed to improve. But a week later... Andrew's eye suddenly gets worse. I woke up in bed and my eye was completely swollen and in incredible pain. The pain was pretty intense. It seemed like the cut had reopened. I was definitely more concerned, so I went to the student health center. There, Andrew was seen by a nurse practitioner. A nurse came in and she didn't do an actual exam on my eye but she looked me over pretty good. She told me I had pink eye. Pink eye is a mild eye infection usually caused by bacteria or viruses. In most cases, pink eye disappears in seven to 10 days. I thought I had my answer. They gave me the medication and sent me on my way. I started putting the drops in as soon as possible. For three days, Andrew uses the prescription eye drops, but to no avail. And as the soccer season gets underway, it's clear that he's off his game. We're going to play a game, and I started to get photosensitive. 
I couldn't look around, I couldn't see. Initially, the infection was only in the left eye, but it spread from my left eye to my right eye. Just when I thought, oh, this can't like get any worse. If I had to receive a ball or kick a ball, I had to you know shield the sun with my hand so I could see where I was going. I remember thinking to myself that it was really getting out of hand. I couldn't play soccer. The antibacterial drops were kind of failing me, which was a pretty big bummer. That night, Andrew relays this disappointing news to his family. He told me he couldn't play soccer anymore. This is something he's done his whole life. I was feeling sad for him that he had to quit soccer, which was a big part of his social experience. I was really sad because, you know, you only get one freshman year playing soccer, and that was it. I decided that I really needed to go back to the student health center. I told them about what had happened, and they said that I needed to go to a specialist, like, right away. So the very next day, Andrew prepares to go to the local optometrist. My clinic is actually not that far from campus, but I couldn't go outside because the sun was too bright and the pain was getting pretty bad. I had to wrap this shirt around my face to keep the sun out of my eyes. So I had a friend lead me by the hand while I was walking down the street. For an hour, Andrew staggers through the harsh sunlight until he finally makes it to the optometrist. They did the standard tests, but they found that I couldn't open my eyes wide enough, even with the lights turned off. They weren't really sure if it was a fungal infection. They gave me some stronger antibiotics, and they gave me some steroid drops. I was not convinced that I was going to get better after that first visit. <laughs> Andrew heads back to the dorm with the medication. But a week later, he still cannot see in the light. I called my parents, and I told them about it. I was talking to him on the phone, and when he said he couldn't see because of the sunlight, I was like, what do you mean you can't see? How, how are you going to study, you know? I mean, I, how are you going to live your life? I said, well, you need to go see this doctor in town. Andrew heeds his mother's advice and goes back to the clinic the next day. He looked at my eyes again, and I had scarring, and the doctor was kind of apprehensive. He didn't really know what was going on. The optometrist gives Andrew more eye medication to manage the scarring while he researches what might be causing these problems. Three days later, Andrew returns to the optometrist. He looked at my eyes again and noticed that the scars were expanding and they were expanding in a perfectly uniform fashion. And he told me that that was a very strong indicator of parasitic infection. And that's when he told me I was infected with a parasitic amoeba called acanthamoeba. Acanthamoeba keratitis is an eye infection caused by a single-celled parasite called acanthamoeba. I actually did have permanent damage going on the doctor told me that would result in total vision loss. The prospect of losing my sight was scary. Inside Andrew's eyes, the acanthamoeba parasites feed off the natural bacterial colonies that live just above the lenses of his eyes. But once they've devoured this food source, 
they start consuming the eye itself. Over time, the parasite's movement causes circular scarring and tissue damage, resulting in Andrew's impaired vision, extreme sensitivity to light, and the threat of blindness. Without the sense of sight, you can't do a lot of the things that normal people can do, and that includes doing the things that are necessary to be, you know, an engineer. Andrew's parents are equally concerned. And I was freaking out. You know, it's scary when you see what a disease like this can do to your health. Oh, my God, I might, like, have to live like this for the rest of my life, pretty much being, you know, blind. And that was a scary thought. I was praying that something would improve the condition that I was in because I could not take going on like that. It was a real possibility that he could become blind and live his life as a blind man. I felt sad for him, and I think he got really sad. The optometrist refers Andrew to another eye specialist, and Andrew's mother, Karen, joins him for the appointment. He told me that the only way to fight an acanthamoeba infection meant putting in highly toxic drops. It was like pool chemicals. It was like putting straight chlorine in your eye. The drops, called chlorhexidine, have a significant effect. They warned us that it was such a harsh chemical that it would really hurt when he put them in his eyes. But he had to put these drops in. The first time I put them in, it was one of the most painful experiences I've ever endured. For four months, Andrew sticks to a schedule of this grueling medication until he observes something familiar. When I walked out of my dorm, I noticed that I could open my eyes and I, would, I was completely free of the photosensitivity and I could see things and, you know, go out into the sun and enjoy life. It was amazing to be able to see again. People take it such for granted. It's such a great thing to be able to do. He matured a lot in the process. You know, you would never know looking at him that he went through this. But how did Andrew contract the acanthamoeba parasite in the first place? Acanthamoeba commonly thrive in water or soil and exist throughout the world. They typically live off any bacteria they find in their environment, including bacteria found on or inside humans. 85% of acanthamoeba infections occur in the eyes as a result of contact lens use. Improper care, such as cleaning the lenses with tap water, can allow the amoeba to become trapped under the lens as it is applied to the surface of the eye. It probably happened because he wasn't caring for his contacts, keeping them clean. Yeah, he's a boy. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't care. He got dirty all the time. What difference did it make if his contacts were dirty? So, Andrew has made one significant change to his lifestyle. Ever since the infection, I've used glasses as opposed to contacts. He never got the comfort level back, so he wears glasses now all the time. Today, Andrew's vision has returned 100%, and he's resumed his engineering studies. I definitely felt fortunate to regain what I had lost. Not everyone can say that, and I worked really hard. I can actually, I can read my textbooks and do my homework. 
starts. And I feel relieved. I'm just happy for him. I'm very proud of him. The majority of acanthamoeba keratitis infections occur in those who wear contact lenses. Because of this, the CDC recommends that contact lens wearers scrupulously clean their lenses and their cases with the appropriate solutions. The CDC advises that contact lens wearers remove their lenses wherever the risk of contamination is high, such as hot tubs, showers, and non-chlorinated bodies of water. For more blood-curdling monsters and their hideous habits, visit our website, animalplanet.com slash monstersinsideme. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.